Attention patriots, tired of the tyranny and crime in the sanctuary cities? Flee the city and seek refuge in the American Redoubt. FleeTheCity.com. Move to the freedom of Idaho, Montana, or Wyoming. FleeTheCity.com. FleeTheCity.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio at ResolutionRDO.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. KD Armor raised the standard. Finally, AR-500 steel core body armor that comfortably conforms to the chest and torso. Unique design distributes weight, feeling lighter, increases mobility, and lessens fatigue. Introducing the Combat Quad Bend CQB, a revolutionary plate-forming process that caters to the end user. The CQB is an industry game-changer, a must-have for the ladies. Available now only at KDArmor.com, C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Come and take it. Now's your chance to get the last of the Resolution Radio Blood Tees. Only a few left available before we try to do a reorder. This has been a high-selling item, and we really appreciate everyone's support in getting this shirt and showing their pride as well as showing their heritage. Nothing counts more than blood. Get yours today from Resolution Radio. Only $25 plus $5 shipping and handling. It really helps the network improve, and you really get a great product to showcase what you truly believe in. Nothing counts more than blood. Only from Resolution Radio at ResolutionRDO.com. Send check, money order, or well-concealed cash to Sonny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. That's Sonny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. You're listening to Resolution Radio at ResolutionRDO.com. Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. The Jewish-run so-called mainstream media like to claim that the National Alliance idea of the toxicity of Jews and Jewish power to our society is a fringe and kooky, yet somehow simultaneously highly dangerous thing. But that isn't true. Through the centuries, many of the best minds of our race have acknowledged this same danger ranging from Nikola Tesla's terse, never trust a Jew, to much longer warnings. And sometimes Jewish defectors, or sometimes just Jews with very loud mouths and no sense of restraint, give us warnings too. 
Here's a perspective on the same enemy faced by white people today, but written in A.D. 109, describing Titus Caesar's cleansing of Jerusalem in A.D. 70. Quote, All their other customs, which are at once perverse and disgusting, owe their strength to their very badness. The most degraded out of other races, scorning their national beliefs, brought to them their contributions and presents. This augmented the wealth of the Jews, as also did the fact that among themselves they are inflexibly honest and ever ready to show compassion, though they regard the rest of mankind with all the hatred of enemies. They sit apart at meals, they sleep apart, and though as a nation they are singularly prone to lust, they abstain from intercourse with foreign women. Among themselves, nothing is unlawful. Close quote. That's from the Roman historian Tacitus, from his Histories, Book 5. The language may be a little stilted, but the meaning is clear. The Jews, even then, had set themselves apart as a wealthy overclass in the lands they dominated, even when under the nominal rule of Rome. They engaged in perverse and disgusting behavior, which we see today in the prominent Jewish role in pornography and promotion of perversion and the degradation and sexual slavery of white women, which we've documented on this program before. Tacitus also notices the Jews' dual code of morality. One morality for their fellow Jews and another for the rest of the world. And Tacitus sees the strength in the Jews having this dual code, although he betrays a certain naivete when he calls it simply badness. Tacitus was not alone in his observations. About four centuries earlier, the Greek historian writing under the name Hecateus of Abdera in Thrace wrote of the Jews, quote, Their way of living was devoted to seclusion from humankind and hatred of non-Jews, cited in Michael Grant, The Jews in the Roman World, close quote. Noting the consensus of opinion about the Jews, Jewish writer Peter Schaeffer in Judeophobia, Attitudes Toward the Jews in the Ancient World, concludes, quote, And finally, like most of his predecessors, Tacitus connects with the motif of impiety, that of misanthropia. The Jews are loyal only to their fellow countrymen, but express hostile odium toward all other people, adversus omnis. This is reminiscent of Hecateus, Meneto, Apollonius Milan, Diodorus Siculus, Pompeius Trogus, and above all, Lysimachus, according to whom the Jews should not show goodwill to any man and should always offer the worst 
possible advice. Close quote. It sounds like Lysimachus was familiar with Talmudic injunctions. I continue the quotation from Schaefer. Quote, Altogether, Tacitus's account of the Exodus, in adopting both the impiety and the misanthropia motifs, and in accommodating them to his own times and experiences after 70 CE, is a summary not just of the Alexandrian version, but of the mainstream Greco-Egyptian tradition, starting with Hecateus. Through him, it became the common property of Western civilization. Close quote. I notice here that Jewish writer Schaefer's quotations may be an attempt at mockery of Western civilization, especially considering that he very oddly places the word civilization within quotation marks. Apparently, one cannot be civilized if one has a bad opinion of Jews, even if one's name is Tacitus or Caesar. It is interesting to note the etymology of the terms misanthropy, Greek, anthropos, later misanthropia, and xenophobia, Greek, misoxenos bios. It appears that some of the first attributions of these characteristics may have been to the Jews. Even the Roman emperor Claudius, who was friendly to the Jews throughout most of his career, wrote in A.D. 41 that their machinations, scheming, and illegal immigration to the city of Alexandria were intolerable, and that if the Jews did not stop these acts, quote, I will by all means take vengeance on them as being the fomenters of what is a universal plague throughout the civilized world, close quote. That was quoted by Revelo P. Oliver in The Jewish Strategy and is his translation. Indeed, and that is what white people face, though too few of us are aware of it. A Jew-created universal plague. White Americans, in particular, are less aware of the Jewish plague than other nations and races, but with this radio program and the daily outreach of National Alliance members, we're working to increase that awareness. The Arabs and Muslims are painfully aware of Jewish power and Jewish ambitions to rule them, since they are on the front lines of an open Jewish war, which has been literally killing them for decades. That Killing war has come here now, as the Jews and their media have weaponized the lower races to drive out and kill whites. And we at the National Alliance have been warning you for years that by allowing ourselves to be cannon fodder in and funders of Jewish wars in the Middle East, we will bring the hatred of the world and that war itself to our own shores. But we don't have to read the ancients to hear the fundamental truth about the Jewish establishment. 
One of Judaism's supposedly holy works, the Talmud, provides plenty of evidence by itself, as does the Torah with its endless injunctions by Yahweh to kill and enslave non-Jews. In the Talmud, Rabbi Simeon ben Yohai states without equivocation, quote, kill the best of the Gentiles, close quote. Why, I wonder, is the Talmud not attacked and execrated as a book of hate in the major media, as is the Turner Diaries? That quotation from the Talmud, kill the best Gentiles, is not the product of a fevered Jew-hater's brain. It is most emphatically not a forgery. In fact, Jewish scholars admit that the passage is there and spend buckets of ink trying to justify it or explain it away. They claim that the good rabbi only meant that the best of us should be killed in time of war, or that the statement was an agonized cry of a Jew persecuted by the Nazis of his day, the Romans, and that the pronouncement never had the force of law. But those are pretty weak arguments when compared with the bald fact that the call for murder is there, written by a rabbi, and has been part of their most sacred tradition for centuries, and remains standing in their holy book to this day. Kill the best Gentiles. It doesn't get any more obvious than that. Sadly and tragically, a number of men and women of our race who know these truths feel hopeless. They feel that way because so many of our people are blind to these truths. Our ideas and our knowledge of who the enemy is who is killing us are absolutely sound and vindicated by history. Yet so many whites remain in utter thrall to the enemy's media and the controlled academic establishment and eagerly embrace suicidal diversity and sexual perversion. It's a kind of religion, and religious delusions can be very hard to overcome. The European mind is extremely creative. That creativity sometimes overflows into elaborate fantasies that the more rational among us enjoy as poetry or literature of the fantastic for which I think we have a spiritual need. But for some of us, fiction isn't good enough, and we construct elaborate belief systems that may thrill us with awe, a sense of wonder, or a kind of ecstasy, but which have very little connection with reality. One day... During that high noon of European civilization that was the 1890s, the philosopher and psychologist William James was delivering a lecture on cosmology. 
He described to his audience how the Earth was suspended in space by the forces of gravitation as it orbited around the Sun, and how the Sun also moved in space, describing an arc around our unimaginably immense galaxy, which was itself moving through the even greater emptiness of intergalactic space. After the lecture, James was approached by an elderly lady who claimed she had a theory superior to the one described by him. We don't live on a ball rotating around the sun, she said. We live on a crust of earth on the back of a giant turtle. Not wishing to be too harsh, James decided to dissuade his opponent gently. If your theory is correct, madam, what does this turtle stand on? You're a very clever man, Mr. James, and that's a good question, but I can answer that. The first turtle stands on the back of a second, far larger turtle. But what does the second turtle stand on? James asked patiently. The old lady crowed triumphantly. It's no use, Mr. James, you can't trick me. It's turtles all the way down. Now, probably very few believe the turtle theory, but the things that many of our people do believe are just as ridiculous. When one wishes to give an example of absurd and anachronistic beliefs, the cliché is to bring up the flat earthers. Everyone laughs at them except the evangelicals who have a sneaking suspicion that they might just be right. I heard a broadcast interview with a flat earther a few years ago, and he made his arguments with sincerity and conviction. After all, he said, the earth is obviously not rotating as the scientists claim. When you step out of your front door, the wind is not blowing at 1,000 miles an hour, is it? We are not thrown into space by centrifugal force, are we? When the interviewer asked him how the earth could possibly be flat, when we are able to circumnavigate it and return to our starting point without turning around, he even had an answer for that. The earth, he explained, is shaped like a dinner plate, except that it is truly two-dimensional, having no depth whatsoever. Therefore, when you get to the edge of the plate, instead of falling off, you instantly transport to the opposite side of the plate and continue on your journey back to your starting point. But, interposed the interviewer, wouldn't we notice that? Ah, said the flat earther, we would not. Since the plate is two-dimensional, when we travel off one edge and appear at the opposite edge, we are actually traversing no space, and naturally it takes no time to traverse no space. Therefore, we are not conscious that we have gone off the edge at all. The interviewer was kind enough not to add that the flat earther had also gone off the edge without noticing it. Well, white people, with a generous push from Jewish propagandists, but largely due to our own naivete and gullibility, have gone off the edge in large numbers. 
millions of us have accepted the pernicious myth of human equality and the super-equal status of Jews and have absorbed it as a cultist absorbs a religious dogma. Like religion, it is inculcated in children from a very early age and is implanted in a part of the brain which is immune to reason or argument. Racial equality is a fantastic delusion. Belief in which is equivalent to belief in leprechauns or the hollow earth. There is not a whit of evidence for it. Not only are races and individuals manifestly not equal, but equality of any kind is quite rare in the real world when we get above the molecular level. The equality religion is truly insane. And its insanity infects other religions and particularly infects those who falsely believe that they have liberated themselves from religion. But the Jewish authors of the equality lie. No, it is a lie. They are not stupid enough to believe in the equality religion that they created for us, unless, as Revelo Oliver pointed out, they have a mentality in which truth is defined as whatever is good for the Jewish people. Their race is chosen. Their race is holy. Their race needs exclusive living space. If they were mentally and spiritually like us, we'd have to call that staggering hypocrisy. As creative and intelligent as the European race is, its Achilles heel is susceptibility to humanitarian sentimentality and feel-good delusions about the real world. Our gullibility and our adherence to these harmful belief systems has made the Western world into something like a mental asylum writ large, with the inmates running the show for the Jewish string pullers behind the scenes. For example, we're welcoming millions of non-whites, some of them terrorists, into our country, while at the same time we're wantonly killing non-whites overseas who just happen to be in the way of Jewish power in the Middle East. Let me tell you, despite all these things, there is hope. There is a great deal of hope, even if most whites are still wearing blinders. I would be unfair to whites, by the way, if I claimed that we were the only gullible and superstitious people on earth, or that that was our most important characteristic. It is not. Other races are prey to different but equally nonsensical belief systems. As man has emerged from lower forms of life, he has only slowly thrown off his belief in superstition and impossible magic. The rise of the frontal lobes 
is impressive, and it is most impressive in our race. We see its fruits all around us in technology and the arts. The paradox is this. Considering how many crazy things people believe, it's amazing that they can get their act together enough to build a house that doesn't collapse or an airplane that actually flies. But we do do that, and much more besides. The fact is that our race has emerged from the cocoon of superstition and irrationality incompletely, but still farther than any other race, with the possible exception of the Jews. As a race, we have an instinctive belief which we take for granted, but which is much more difficult for some other races to accept, that there is a singular physical reality which cannot be changed by our feelings or wishes. Even the most strict religious fundamentalist of our race justifies his beliefs with supposedly historical writings and events that he claims happened at a specific place and at a specific time. Even the most crackpot leftist justifies his nonsense with a specious veneer of science. There is something different, something special about white people. As imperfect as we are, we do, on average anyway, compared to other races, have a deep respect for truth, for facts as distinct from opinions and feelings. And coupled with that, we have what Dr. Pierce called a Faustian urge, a restless spirit which urges us to know all things, to master all things, to push the boundaries of knowledge ever farther. It is no coincidence that it was our race which developed the scientific method. And so I come to us, the people of the National Alliance, and those thousands listening to this broadcast. We are members of a very small minority so far among the men and women of our race. We are members of that most important segment of our race, which has given us all the important advances we have made, the segment which thinks and acts outside of the herd instinct, and which has such respect for truth and our own ability to discover it, that we are willing to risk a great deal to bring that truth to victory. There was a time, a time when European civilization was laboring under the total domination of an earlier version of delusional Jewish-created religion, when publishing or uttering the cosmology expounded later by William James was illegal and would lead to imprisonment or death. But the essential truth of that cosmology was something that could not be contained. The implications of that truth 
were too powerful. The same was true for the ideas of Mendel and Darwin. The same is true for the idea of racial integrity and progress and the necessity of overthrowing Jewish power in order for us to survive and for that progress to continue. That is an idea, a truth, far too powerful to be contained. And the end time of its suppression may be all the bloodier in consequence. But it will not be contained. Listen to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyric to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. The Occidental Quarterly fills a unique niche in bringing together scholarly articles on a wide range of topics that are mired in political correctness elsewhere. It is edited by Professor Kevin McDonald, who's no stranger to listeners of the political cesspool. There are quite a few reasons for the precarious state of our civilization and our people. But one of the main ones is that we have lost the intellectual and moral high ground to a cultural elite that is hostile to our people and our culture. Those of us who are politically aware must understand that the elites dominating culture and the political process in the West are intellectually and morally bankrupt. TOQ is the key. Digital download subscriptions are only $30 a year. Subscriptions by first-class mail are only $60 a year. Go to toqonline.com and click on subscribe now. In addition to receiving fascinating and informative articles, you will also be supporting the work of scholars who are part of a community defending our people and our culture with the highest level of integrity and intellectual sophistication. That's toqonline.com. Subscribe now. Are you worried about America? Do you fear the power of the Obama brigades to take away your rights? The Obama presidency is the most radical left-wing administration in American history. Our constitutional liberties are in danger. What can you do? Join the Council of Conservative Citizens. For over 20 years, the CFCC 
has fought for the rights and ideals of the European American majority. The CFCC has won legal and political battles to protect your heritage and your liberties. The CFCC advocates strong state governments over the power of Washington, D.C. to rule your life. The CFCC believes in an American-first foreign and domestic policy which opposes globalism and one-world government. The CFCC advocates racial integrity as God's natural order. Visit our website today at www.cfcc.org and join fellow European Americans in the fight for our people. Are you a native son or daughter of the South who pleads the stars and bars? Someone not born in Dixieland, but who is a Johnny Reb at heart and looking for a place to shop that promotes Southern heritage? Well, your search is over. Dixie Republic is the place to go for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Inside the log cabin just outside Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, Dixie Republic has t-shirts, hats, videos, flags, books, belt buckles, and some of the best mouth-watering barbecue sauce that will ever touch your lips. There's just about everything you want honoring the South at Dixie Republic. Well, you say that South Carolina's a bit too far for you to drive? Have no fear, my friend. All of this is just a mouse click away. Go online at www.dixierepublic.com. You're home for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride.